You're about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... Uh, who am I kidding? It's a wrap. Let's try this again. It's the After Further Review Podcast with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com. For your questions to be read on air. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you so much, as always, for making us a part of the schedule. I am your host, Connor Forrest. After further review, podcast number four. We are here. Sean Olette, my producer, he is to my left. Shawnee boy, how the hell are you? I'm doing well, Connor. How are you? I'm doing great, my friend. I'm you, doing great. You had a good Easter? I did. I had a great Easter. Good. You know, we did the... Um, did half the day with uh, with my wife's family. Okay. Um, had a great time. My mother in law set up a uh, an Easter egg hunt, like an adult Easter egg hunt, and she just nailed it. What do you look for? So funny. So like an, in an the adult eggs, one. So you got the eggs. Some of them have jelly beans. Okay. Some of them have like dollar bills. Ooh. And then the other has a little piece of paper in there that says, "Pick one." And what you do is you go to the. She made up this basket this adorable basket and it had nationals hats it had um it had like flip-flops it had like uh airplane bottles it had all sorts of just awesome stuff in there and so if you got a pick one egg Uh you had to run to the basket and grab an item okay Uh, it was just so much fun did you get some oh i got the i got a nationals hat okay uh i got a, a face mask um, okay. Yeah, a little not not like the the COVID face mask, but like the old charcoal face mask. You know the little face mask. Oh, situation? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Some big exfoliation into those. going big, on there. Big into those guys. Gotcha. Let me tell you, you get married and all of a sudden men become ladies. Like the feminine side starts coming out of me. <laughs> true. Man. I mean, the, my wife walked in the other day. She was out with a friend and she came home a little earlier than I expected. So I was up with my fuzzy socks on my feet with my feet up and i had a face mask on hydrating face mask and so i just turned around and her and her friend are looking at me and i'm going i don't know what to tell you this is a problem so yeah i have some issues i gotta figure it out but that's uh, cool though i've never heard of an adult Easter oh, egg that's really cool it. it was so funny so me um, my wife um my brother and sister-in-law we were just running around the yard uh and it was <laughs> honestly i don't know what it is but you really do get that like rush of adrenaline when you see an egg on the ground i don't know what it is like i'm i'm literally 22 years old and i see a pink egg in the tree and i'm going i need that now right? <laughs> you're climbing the tree to yeah get it. all the all the it, it all goes back to like when i was younger my brothers we would we would do the easter egg hunts right uh and it just elbows flying people leaving in ambulances so uh i was tempted to uh i mean me and my sister-in-law are looking at like there was a friend's trivia thing in the basket okay and we were both willing to drop Drop the gloves uh, for it. So, but uh, she got it first. Oh. So, uh, which is a bummer for me, but uh, good for Kelsey. So, um, it was great though, man. That's it was good. great. We had That's a great good. time and then hung out with the family that evening. So, it was a blast. How was yours? 
It was good. I uh, was down at my girlfriend's house, uh, spent time with her family. Nice. And uh, yeah. Sounds like pretty fun. much yeah. My family abandoned me on Easter, but no, not really. <laughs> they're on spring break, so. Uh, oh, that's right. They're at the beach. Yeah, they're right? at the beach. Yeah. yeah so I I, uh, I had to work, so I had to stay behind. But uh, no, it was good. It was a good that's Easter. Wonderful. Yeah. Typical. No st- complaints. Standard, no complaints. So yeah. The Lord is risen, huh? Exactly. It was a good Amen. time. It was a good time, my friend. That is great. So, um, yeah, good to see you, Shawnee, as always. Um, really exciting episode for you guys today. Um, we interviewed uh, Ian Cummings from <laughs> Sean. Sean brings every broadcast. He brings <laughs> Sorry. this. I yeah. knew we would have to All bring right. it up at it's, some point. It's got to be addressed, for the love of God. It's been three <laughs> weeks now. This guy walks into my house every single day with uh, it is a shipping container size <laughs> water jug it's a gallon and a half yeah so he always goes up to our, my kitchen and says hey let me grab a glass so i can just fill it up right because it, it it looks i mean it's astonishing how large that is but what happens is randomly during the broadcast he won't remember that we're on air and he'll just start chugging it <laughs> no, and I, it's will just like, I just want you guys to hear it yeah and so he'll be like leaning over his desk so that he's away from his mic and he'll just like a hamster be <laughs> nibbling on this thing <laughs> So I'm gonna have to lob you an L, Sean. Yeah, no, I need. I had a glass last time. I need the glass again. But I'll, every time, I'll just be dehydrated Honestly, this episode. That's fine. My wife's been walking around with a, with a gallon jug of water. She's really it. yeah. Wow, yeah. that's good know. for you. Yeah, I have my Margaritaville glass full of Diet Dr Pepper, so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> also, a new addition to the studio is my neon uh, palm tree that I have on my desk and my Margaritaville glass. Um, it's always island time for me, Sean. So I'm always having to, you know. I always just picture myself sitting on St. somewhere, St. Bart's, St. John's, wherever I am, just, you know, steel drums playing. Good time. So I'm convincing myself of things. Um, where were we? I was in the middle of saying something and then you nibbling on the uh, water. Uh, we have a guest today for a podcast. We did. That's yes. exactly right. Well done. Um, we have a guest for today's podcast, Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network. Um, he's awesome. Um, we're going to chat with him. He's going to get into depth of, of everything, the NFL draft. He went down to the Senior Bowl. Um, he covered it top to bottom. Just really smart guy. I worked with him before at Fansided. We did podcasts before. Um, we've done writing projects before. I did a live podcast with him down at uh, Redskins training camp. So really, really um, uh, great, knowledgeable guest um, and very fitting for him to be uh, our first guest. So we're going to get into everything there. Um, you're going to get all your draft information, so we're going to get to that soon. We're going to get to moving the chains first. Yep. Uh, so we got our four stories um, for those new listeners. Uh, before every episode, we start moving the chains. So it's our first, second, third, and fourth downs where we talk about anything. Non-sports related, sometimes sports related, but usually it's about food. It's about an experience. It's about a time that I spilled fat on my Verizon Fios guy. <laughs> Last week's episode, that happened. Um, so a little, um, little off the beaten path, but uh, it's fun. I think people enjoy it. I've gotten some great feedback. People enjoy it a lot. Um, Good. people who are like, I, I can't tell you how many people like, can't really just don't know anything about the NFL. I love the moving the chain segment. So I love that. And that's what, that's what it's all about. So, um, my first down story, um, is that McDonald's is bringing the caramel brownie McFlurry to the dessert menu. Are you a McFlurry guy? Yeah. Okay, give me your McFlurry choice. I'm in a McFlurry. That's wrong. I'm sorry. Why? I it's it's Oreo. Every really? Time. I, yeah. See, I'm not a big cookies and cream ice cream guy, so I like the M and M's better. M and M's are. Well, we talked about this last did episode we? when we talked about Easter candy. Oh, we so we yeah, did. Yeah, M and M's are by far my yeah by far my favorite candy ever. Okay. 
No, that makes sense. Yeah, that's consistent. Um, yeah, you are consistent with that. My my dad loves M and M's. So when it comes to you know uh, McFlurries, it's just M M&M and M McFlurry. I'm an Oreo guy, and Oreo McFlurries. I've never ordered a McFlurry in recent years without saying extra. Right, put it on the bottom, put it on the top, put it everywhere, put it on my face, put it everywhere. <laughs> I don't care. I love them so much. Um, so this is interesting because it really has been a minute since McDonald's added a different McFlurry item to their menu. Right? What is it again? It's the brownie caramel uh, McFlurry. Shouldn't they focus on fixing the rice cream machines before yeah. they start adding new McFlurries? <laughs> that's probably that's that's probably uh, something we should take to McDonald's corporate. Yeah. Which I agree, hundred um, <laughs> percent. But M- McDonald's, like you got the M M&M, and M, you got the Oreo. But other than that, like remember they did the Stroop waffle McFlurry during. No. So they did this like international menu push. I want to say it was, like two years ago. They had menu items from France, they had menu items from Australia, menu item from england that they brought over nationwide to the american menu and one of the menu items i want to say it was the australian menu item was a stroop waffle stroop mcflurry what was that uh stroop waffle have you ever had stroop waffles before no they're what like they? that kind of it's like a thin like wafer with with caramel in the middle you've never had a stroop waffle no oh my lord Sean. what's it like what's it is it like a twix bar no no no. so it's like a circle right okay. it's like a waffle think of a very thin waffle like a wafer yeah. right mm-hmm. um it's got kind of that cinnamon taste to it but it's got a thin layer of caramel between two waffle wafers. oh you know I, I may have seen them before yeah okay yeah um i have some upstairs when we're done this podcast yeah, you have to show me yeah well you're eating one and you're <laughs> gonna like it um so they're delicious, but they did that briefly for a little while. So this is going to be a new item, which which is interesting. Um, I'm just reading here. I believe they debuted this in Canada in 2017, um, but it has not been on the menu um, in the States. Okay. So this will be starting May 3rd at all participating McDonald's locations. So Caramel Brownie, look out for that. It's entertaining. I like that. I'm very happy about that. McDonald's. Keep doing what you do best. Awesome. Love it. That's that my first down story. Yeah. All right. So mine's actually, I was going to have one um, based on something I did today, which was beekeeping. But when we talked about my uh, major half gallon here, I, I had to bring something up. Did you ever watch Super Size Me? I did watch Super did Size you? Me. Okay. Yes. Did you? So their sodas back when, I, when did they get rid of McDonald's, get rid of Super Size? Oh, uh, that was a while ago. It was like 10 years ago, maybe? Like, oh, I think it was more than 10 years really? ago. Yeah, this is like a mid-2000s. Let me see when the, let me see when the movie Super Size Me, I think, is like an early 2000s movie. That thing has been around for a I'm gonna while. S- 2004, 2004, wow. 2004, I was yeah. going to say like 2008. Yeah, it's, okay. yeah. Um, so um, it, it was Yeah, you're thing- talking about the Morgan Spurlock yeah. Super Size Me. Yeah. Okay. I want your – should they bring that back, the Super Size Me? Because, I mean, it, it was a lot. Like, a half a gallon of soda is so bad for you. <laughs> so but they would make so much money off of that if they brought that back. They I, Here's the thing. I think that – I don't think they bring that back because, what, like, the big drinks – What when I think of a massive drink, like anything over 32 ounces, which is your typical large drink. Yeah. Um. I think of like a big gulp at Seven Eleven, right? It's like that, that's got to be more than thirty-two. Oh my god, dude! The big gulps are like water troughs. Have you seen those things? I <laughs> yeah. Mean, you go into Seven, like, and by the way, the truckers tall, yeah. will walk in there, get two big bites, a bag of pork rinds, and mm. will walk out of there with 
a shipping container of Mountain Dew. And yeah. you're just like, I don't know how, how you finish that. Um, but they do. I don't think I don't think McDonald's should be in the business. Because the reality is, it's all, I mean, 32 ounces is a lot anyway, but it's, it's only a buck. So I don't think so. Yeah. Um, it's cheap anyway. Um, I want to see what was on their menu. On the so what are you, see. you're saying during the super size yeah when, era, when it when it was, was a thing menu? what like what was the the size because I I specifically remember from the movie Morgan Spurlock said that their soda is a half of a gallon I was um, like oh my god that that's so bad for you I mean yeah even the just the caffeine in 42 that forty two ounce so the super size sodas as I'm reading up here um so they stopped it yeah they stopped it a while ago um probably like two thousand six. 2005 maybe i think it was I, I yeah i it was it was a while ago i'm trying to pull it up here um the drink so the super size coke came in a 42 ounce cup is that so half a gallon i i i would have to do some mental uh, math let me see here and i don't want to show off my math skills <laughs> um but uh yeah so the super size you would add like a dollar 79 basically uh to whatever meal um, but yeah, forty-two ounce cup was just wild. Oh, it's actually less than half. I don't know why you said half a gallon. Half a gallon seems really egregious. I, 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 mean, that's, I, that's, I was a little bit that. distracted. Um, well, I was kind of reading as you were saying half a gallon. Oh, yeah, half a gallon's a bit egregious. But okay, I mean, 40, 42 ounces is. It's about a third of a gallon, so maybe that's what I misunderstood. But nah. you, you don't think that McDonald's should bring that back? No, 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 no. I don't think they're in the business of doing that kind of thing anymore. And I mean, it was it was a bad PR look, but I think a lot of people. And this is the thing I hated about Super Size Me. I I, I hate the movie. I hate the movie. You do? I, I hate the movie. Really? Because, well, first of all, it's stupid, right? The whole idea, like, oh, I eat McDonald's every day. What's going to happen to me? Okay, you eat Chick Fil A every day. What's going to happen to you? You eat, you know, Taco Bell every day. What's going to happen to you? It's like a hit piece on McDonald's, which whatever, but. You know, people are entitled to do that. I get it's bad for you. But if you eat anything, if you go to Costco food court and eat chicken bakes three times a day, mm-hmm. every day, you're going to have the same damn thing happen. So it was kind of like stupid when he was doing that. But the other thing that I thought was dumb is like this is the overall premise of like uh, it's taking responsibility out of people's hands that I just I've, I've always hated the idea. Yeah. of like, Oh, McDonald's is making America fat. No, McDonald's is existing, and you're making yourself. Yeah, bad. exactly. Like, stop blaming, like, you don't like, have to get the supersize. No, McDonald's didn't show up with a gun and say you're driving through here and you're getting two filet fish and two. No, you're making these decisions. Yeah. Now, we I've always been the one to say the the reason why, like the the thing is, is that eating healthy is expensive. It's it's more expensive. That's just the reality mm-hmm. of it. Now, it doesn't make it. Does it? Should it make you not eat healthy? No. Like everyone should have a balance in their life. Right? Yeah. But the reality is, is to eat healthy is expensive. To eat unhealthy is is significantly cheaper. Yeah. Um, you know, you eat McDonald's, go through a drive-through versus going to Panera and getting yourself a salad or something. I mean, it, it it's a lot less expensive. That's why it is. But you know, obviously, no, McDonald's is not good for you. No, Taco Bell is not good for you. I just thought the the point of the movie was very dumb because to me i'm like okay if you eat anything three times a day you're gonna gain weight but that's, big, that's actually a good that's a good point I the, never the bigger point to me was just like okay you're you're taking responsibility out of people's hands and you're saying oh they oh look at uh, mcdonald's making americans fat i'm like no they're not yeah. americans are making americans fat like people who are like that's just what it is like you, you have to make healthy decisions you can't blame you can't blame these these fast food chains i mean they're they're existing they're doing their thing yeah and, you know if people don't do drive throughs if they stop going, then they'll go out of business. But you know, that's kind of why I didn't like it. But that that's interesting. The super, okay. I I 
totally forgot that that i mean i haven't seen the movie in, in a while yeah i forget what i watched i think i watched it in health class and yeah we watched school. that that was a classic like health yeah. class bowl, right <laughs> that, that was when the, the baby i felt like board. that was more like when the teacher was just kind of like out of things to do just mm-hmm. like i'm putting on supersize me and i'm just gonna yeah yeah but that's interesting yeah um, would you vouch for the supersize to come back here's the I, I like what you said about it takes the responsibility out of people's hands because for me, if like, let's say I was somebody who a truck driver three times a week, I'm going to McDonald's and I'm having uh, a super size me meal. When they get rid of that, that's not stopping me from still going to McDonald's and maybe ordering two large meals, Yeah, which is probably about the same as a super size. Right. So it's like, if I get a super size Big Mac meal, then all of a sudden they end it. I'm probably still going to McDonald's and getting two uh, Big Mac meals, maybe paying a little bit more, but getting just as much food if not more right so i mean I, I don't know i guess maybe they weren't making money off of it but i just think yeah I, I don't like the whole i never thought about it that you know anything you eat too much of is gonna make you fat it's just gonna so do yeah that, right? i never thought about it in that sense yeah i mean then that's the thing and i i i do think mcdonald's has always been the 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 I mean, McDonald's has been the 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 whipping post for so mm-hmm. many people when it comes to unhealthy mood. And and let's be clear, like McDonald's is not good for you by well, any stretch, right? But I, I know healthy people who eat at McDonald's yeah. regularly. I, I know healthy people who are incredibly fit and who eat McDonald's regularly because yeah. they do it in, in moderation. Like everything in moderation. Yeah. Right? You go to Europe quite frequently, right? Uh, not not not, not as, as much, but you no. have been. I have You've been, been yeah. to Ireland, yeah. obviously, because yeah. your family. Yeah. Have you been to McDonald's out there? No, that I you have, have not. not. I have okay. Not. I have been to a I well, I haven't been to I went inside of it, a KFC down in the Caribbean and that's always an interesting thing. Like the foreign fast food chains. Yeah. Like the KFC down in the Caribbean, they were like gosh, I I have no I I mean there was like there was like there was some crazy stuff. I mean, they had a pizza, a KFC pizza, and I was like, "What in the world's <laughs> going on in here?" Right? But I have this iconic picture down in I don't know what island we were at. But we were in one of these islands. We were walking around the town, and there's a KFC, and there's a bunch of wild chickens, and there's just a bunch of chickens hanging out outside the KFC eating scraps. And I was idea. like, "These guys have no concept that they're, <laughs> they're eating the probably brothers. gonna die in a week and end up in one of those buckets." But um, that's <laughs> wow. interesting, though. I, I like that. It's funny. I, I haven't thought about the super. Size. Yeah, it's it's if you go to Europe. McDonald's is a lot healthier. Mm. Like I ate at Frankfurt airport McDonald's and it was just, mm. I don't know. The ingredients were so much more fresh and healthy mm. yeah. and less processed. So yeah. yeah. So that's my, that's my second down. Uh, like what do you have for third? So we're going to stay on the dessert and food train here <laughs> because I'm where just... our minds are. <laughs> yeah, dude, seriously. <laughs> I need a life. Um, so this is interesting. Um, Pop-Tarts newest flavors are based on iconic fruit desserts. So they're coming out with now Pop-Tarts are um they're just known for coming out with new flavors all the time. And there are like I tried recently their Fruit Loops Pop-Tarts. Now people hate Fruit Loops. Mm-hmm. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, oh, right? yeah. A lot yeah. of people hate them. A lot of people love them. Um but they nailed the flavor. They killed it. Um so we got three new flavors coming out. We got peach cobbler, banana cream pie and lemon cream pie. Mm. Do any of those sound appealing to you? Peach cobbler. I love peach cobbler. Are you a banana cream pie kind of guy? I like bananas. I just don't like when something's too like tastes too banana y. Uh, that's a word. You know what yeah. I mean? No, I, I, I get that. I yeah. feel like that's that can happen with orange flavored things. Mm, oh, they get yeah, too orangey, orange. yeah. right? Um and that happens with lemon stuff, but I think a mm-hmm. little bit less with lemon because most people are most people don't 
anything sour, unless it's advertised as sour, mm-hmm. lemon always comes out in like a mer- lemon meringue type flavor, like really sweet lemon, like a lemonade kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are interesting to me. I don't not like pop tarts, but I always feel like I always feel like it's missing something. Pop tarts are interesting to me because what always drives me nuts is that I feel like they're never frosted properly. <laughs> They've got the edges, you know, the edges of them that you you kind of like. When I was younger, what I would do is I just break off the kind of the corners and the edges that didn't have icing on. I just give them to the dog, right? I really? Just, yeah, no chance of it because it just had this like weird texture. Like it didn't have any frosting on it. it just kind of yeah. tastes like cardboard. And the middle was amazing, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. I was never. I I've always feel like there's something left to be desired. Am I wrong? I mean, what I, I would do something similar. I would take off the edges and I would eat those first. Then kind of get that out of the way. Yeah, you got to get you it go out of the way. for the middle. Yeah. yeah. Do you heat yeah. yours up before you eat them? Um, my brother back when I was in middle school got me into putting it in the toaster. Okay. Um, which uh, I never, I never, I I I eat them cold all okay. the time. Um, okay. If you microwave them, this is for everybody. Just a warning: five to ten seconds is fine. If you do it any longer than it's that, a hot pocket you're, surface. Yeah, exactly. you're, I have burnt my mouth so buds. many times on on uh, pop tarts. But no, that's uh that's interesting. How many flavors of pop tarts are there now? Ah, uh, dude. I mean, <laughs> there's just got to be a ten thousand of them. I mean, my goodness. Um, I don't even know. I mean, I'd have to Google that. But, I mean, if you go anywhere. So, I feel like there's two things that you go to the grocery store, and there's 7 billion of them. Mm-hmm. One is Pop-Tarts, and the other are Cheez-Its. How many types of Cheez-Its are we going to come up with before we <laughs> stop? Like, extra toasty, large extra toasty, extra cheddar with slightly less toast. You're like, dude, it, the, the aisle. Do you know in the scene in Toy Story 2 where the Buzz Lightyear walks into the but the big section of Buzz Lightyear's. Oh, and they're a bunch yeah, of them. Yeah, and they're yeah. all the same thing. Yep. That's what I see when I walk into <laughs> any grocery store and see the Cheez-Its section. Do you like the hot Cheez-Its? No, no, no. no I'm sorry. Not che- uh, Cheetos. Oh, Cheetos. Cheetos. I That's thought you were talking about Cheetos. Do you like the Did- hot Cheetos? The spicy Cheetos? I never got into spicy Cheetos. No, okay. Are I you didn't. a spicy food guy? No, no. That's a negative ghostwriter. No, I'm not a spicy food guy okay. by any stretch. Although I'm kind of adapting to it a little bit more. No, I'm not a spicy food guy. But Cheez-Its need to get it together. You know, the, it's just... I don't know. You get the grooves and then the white yeah. cheddar and then the cheese. It fl- and you're just like, all right, guys. Like Same you with guys, goldfish. Yeah. Go- yeah. Goldfish are that way, right? Mm-hmm. And there's 7,000 different packaging. And you're like, I think this is the same thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. have you ever gone and you're like, I think all 32 of these have the same thing in there. Except I'm paying extra for this one. And yeah, of course. Yeah, not, not as much for yeah, that one. It's, it's typical. But um, yeah, I thought that would interest you. Uh, for cool. those of you foodies out there, if you're a Pop-Tart fan, this is coming out this summer. It's going to have some nice. I mean, this is this. These are classic summer desserts mm-hmm. so um yeah be on the lookout you mentioned a website that you find your food on what was it like your food news yeah it's called food beast food uh beast. foodbeast.com is where i go every, <laughs> i go to food beast every <laughs> single day if you're a foodie out there and you are like me uh food beast is the place to go. you just go there it's your latest food news um it's just it's amazing I love okay. it. it. Makes me I'll so happy. Check that out. It's Food Beast. It's the Flight Radar. It's NFL.com. Uh, certain people I follow on Twitter, uh, and then yeah, I think that's basically my go-to yeah. throughout the day. That's good. Yeah, it's wonderful. You got a fourth yeah. down for us? Yeah, I do. Uh, all right, it was actually about websites. Okay. All right, so I I have been uh, I don't want to say getting into TikTok. Oh that's God. A, that's a bad one. 
phone. Looking at phone. Okay, I have, observing. I just want to make it very clear to everybody: you will never see me, and probably not Connor, ever doing some type of like <laughs> dance or anything in front of a camera with our <laughs> shirts so off and know. our six pack. He was yeah. doing a little dance, like just an actual. What's that? TikTok they call dance. like the bunny. One. I don't know. I don't even want to oh look at gosh. you while you're doing it. It's just, <laughs> it I makes can't even. It makes me so unhappy. My younger brother, he's gotten into TikTok dances. He doesn't make them, okay. but he'll come down and he'll just like throw up a leg and start twerking. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Anytime oh. you see him do that, just look at him and lob him an L. Just I know. Take an I'll L. Go back to your room, brain. Yeah. Give me, you got to, you been right. getting into TikTok. So I've been getting into TikTok and I, I see a lot of things for like people who are saying, oh, I get my flight super cheap and I, this is how I fly for, you know, the cheaper than anybody else. And most of the time I'm like, that, that's just not like you're, you're not getting a flight from New York to LA for $23. No. For you, because I know you're a big flight guy. Yeah. And I'm always, you know, I, I don't fly as much as I wish I could, and I don't travel as much as I wish I could. I'm always looking for the cheapest flights, just like anybody sure. is. What website do you use for the cheapest flights? Like, what, what's your go-to? Like, yeah. if you're like, I got to find a cheap flight, I'm going here. So, traditionally, it's Just Fly. Um, just Fly. Just Fly, okay. yeah. Um, I've always liked that website. They've, I feel like it's been a little bit... Uh, I think pre-COVID, it was slightly becoming this way. Airlines are starting to crack down a little bit more on these secondary markets that are like selling tickets a little bit cheaper. They're starting to control now because with COVID now, airlines are specifically, at least in the beginning of this, they were limited to capacity. So Mm -hmm. they obviously the value of tickets and they, they were in control a lot of that. So secondary market tickets, like specifically during and post COVID are going to be a little bit harder to find cheaper deals okay. but just fly i like a lot okay. i've used that um a lot of times um for different different flights i know there was a website called skip lagged yeah i think and, you told me about that yeah one. i told you about this is this, this guy this this young guy started this site and you could argue whether this is like a good thing to do or like a, mm-hmm. i guess there's a moral argument to this it's not illegal but it might it's be not illegal but it's, it's definitely not illegal but it's not ethical by any stretch but what they do is is like let's say i'm looking me and Sean are looking for tickets to go to Los Angeles and the tickets to Los Angeles are 600, 700 bucks. Right. And we're going, we want to get to Los Angeles. What you would do is, well, maybe Los Angeles is a long flight. It's probably a bad example. Let's say we want to go to Atlanta. Okay. It's, okay. it's from Washington, DC from where we live to Atlanta. Yep. And Atlanta is it's $200 to get to Atlanta. We don't want to pay that. What we do is we book a flight from Washington to Orlando that has a layover in Atlanta. Okay. And if that flight is cheaper, let's say the Washington to Orlando with one layover in Atlanta is 60 or 70 bucks. You book that ticket. And instead of getting on your connection flight in Atlanta, you just get off at Atlanta and don't show up. So your oh. ticket now, right? So this is, this is a thing. Now, a bunch of airlines sued this guy. Like their airlines were like, and I mean, rightfully so. I mean, because now what you have is you have a, a you've got people, people can argue, well, you're still paying for the seat, but you've yeah. got a, a, an empty flight. Um, flying to Orlando because people are just getting off at Atlanta and not getting onto the second mm-hmm. leg of their flight. And now you're, you know, taking up seats for people who could use it. Right. Um, now this guy got the pantsuit off of him. He ended up winning, um, these yeah. lawsuits and ended up getting, he ended up winning these. Um, but it, 
airlines are cracking down on it completely now. Now they see what's going on. So now when you're looking for flights like that, they're, you're not going to find much of a price difference anymore. Okay. At least a couple of years ago, you would see this. It's now become a lot less popular. But um, after that gigantic rant, I like Just Fly. I like to use them a lot. Okay. But I, I have frequent flyers. Like I have the United mileage card for United. So if I'm if I if I can go directly through United, they'll give us a lot like perks if you go directly through the okay. website and stuff like that. But Just Fly, I like a lot. Wait, so how does how does Just Fly get the? Because you said that they're like a third party. So how do they get the? T- do they buy the tickets for flights and then resell them? I I gotta be honest with you. I'm gonna have to probably get back to you on that okay. because in the past. I would probably go on about a three-minute rant making stuff up. <laughs> but what I'll do is I'll get back to okay. it. Okay. We'll talk about um, that next Yeah, they, they work through – I know they work directly through the airline. Um, but that's kind of – I've done so much reading on this, and I just – I <laughs> there's so many different answers to it. So I'll get back to you on okay. that next week. Um, why are you asking? Are you looking to get out of here well, and so, get away from so me? So one of the things – no, not, not away from you. <laughs> one of the things that I saw on uh, TikTok was this girl who said she uses Google Flights, which I use because it, yeah, it breaks Flights. down all the airlines, except for Southwest. I'm, I'm, mm, that bothers me. Oh, it doesn't, really? It doesn't do Southwest for whatever reason, uh, which is normally one of the cheaper ones. Sure. But it does it's a great all, airline too. It is, oh, I love Southwest. JetBlue is a little bit better. But, I love you know, JetBlue. JetBlue man. is They're number one of the one, best regional airlines in the entire country. I love it. Yeah, JetBlue is fantastic. But uh, she's saying what she does is she goes on Google Flights and she sets her settings to where she just tells what her departure city is. So for you and I, it'd be Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And then she sets a t- uh, date range to when she can travel. But she just leaves where she's going mm-hmm. wide open. Uh, so it the website will break down the cheapest flights and hmm. say, okay, on that weekend that you want to go away, you can get to Denver for $54 or you can go to Austin for 62 or you can go to San Diego for 100 And you just you, you can kind of work with that if you have flexible dates and you're flexible on your hmm. location. So I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. I don't know if any other websites allow you to do that. Yeah, I think the thing is, though, is like – when you see and you see these banners anytime you're on uh, Safari, you're Googling anything or you're on your phone, you get these banners on the side of whatever website you're on. Mm-hmm. It's like BWI to Denver for 23 bucks, Southwest servicing for $53 low fares. Um, basic economy is are the tickets the lowest tickets that they're getting. Now, basic economy are it's a good ticket. If you're literally trying to sit in your seat, you don't have a carry on and you don't have a checked bag. Okay. If you do have any of those, then it's it, your ticket's going to be 130, 140 bucks because they're going to yeah. end up charging you for bags. They're going to charge you to take a, you know, water. They're going to charge you to to take a piss. I mean, they're literally going to charge <laughs> you for everything on earth. So that's the thing with that. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I, I love perusing and seeing prices of flights. Yeah. They fluctuate with fuel prices, with demand, with events in cities, all sorts of things. Yeah, the, the moral of this is that there's a lot of people on TikTok and on other, uh, like, Instagram and whatnot who can or who are always like, yeah, I travel for dirt cheap and I get the best hotels and best flights. And I'm like, eh, yeah, don't you think that, that they're receiving a little paycheck from that? I think that they're receiving a little money for that. That's really? How, that sounds very promo to me. I know some of them definitely are like I can tell, but other ones I'm like, that might actually, you know, it's definitely someone who travels, but I don't because they don't directly say a website that they use. They just kind of tell you their tips, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Who knows? knows? If you guys know the best way to travel for cheap, let us know. 
Yeah. Which is actually a good tie into our social media plugs. You want to plug those up before we get to our interview? Absolutely, my friend. So, right. um, yeah, so our social medias are up and running. We got our, our Facebook page is up and good to go. We have a lot of, um, gosh, first of all, thank everyone for the likes, the follows on Facebook. Every one of you, um, I'm so, so grateful for the support. Um, me and Sean have been seeing it. Um, we're going to continue to crank out content. Um, it's after further review with Connor Forrest. So at, at after further review pod on Facebook. Um, and then after further review uh, pod on Instagram mm-hmm. as well. Um, Shawnee, you've got our Twitter over there. Yep. Twitter is AFR underscore podcast. So you can tweet out to Connor and I uh, if you think we're dumb, if you think you can find better. Uh, I think they all think we're dumb. Well, if you think <laughs> we're dumb about talking about uh, flying for cheap during COVID, let us know. Um, also, let us know uh, your thoughts on the NFL and our moving the chain segment. It's mailbag at connorforce.com. That's Connor with one N, Forrest with two R's. Again, that's mailbag at connorforce.com. Instagram, again, is after further review pod. Facebook is after further review with Connor Forrest. Twitter, AFR underscore podcast. And again, email is mailbag at connorforce.com. Connor with one N, Forrest with two R's. That's it. Um, that's right. Just think Connor McGregor, Forrest Gump. Simple as that, right? Simple as that. Um, That was great. Moving the chains as always. Shawnee, thank you very much. Um, We are going to dive directly into our interview here with Ian Cummings. Um, Ian is just awesome. He gave some incredible insight. Um, I love listening to him chat. He's just, he's really smart. I think you guys are are really going to enjoy it um, and and learn some more. So we're going to jump right into the Ian Cummings interview here, and then we'll catch you guys on the other side. I am really, really pumped to be joined by my guy, Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network, fansided.com. Done some work together. Ian is, uh, he's a mensch. Um, I've always loved working with Ian and uh, NFL draft around the corner. I thought there's no better guy to turn to. So uh, Ian is joining us right now. Ian, how are you, my friend? Doing good, man. And likewise, uh, getting to come on the pod with you. It, it feels like old times back when we were doing the Rio's Rag podcast, back when we could only do 30-minute podcasts. That was all we had oh, yeah. to download. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It, those, are the, those are the days, man. It's going to be back. The days. You know, it, it, it's, uh, it's great because you got on here and uh, like as soon as you started talking, I'm like, gosh, man, I, I, I really do miss doing those podcasts with you. It was always fun. We did them with Jacob and uh, we do those those panel podcasts with Fanside to talk some some Washington football team. Always just a really great time. But Ian um, uh, Ian edits my awful articles at Fansided. He's he's always giving me great tips. He's just he's just a great dude, and I I love having him on. Um, so Ian, again, man, thanks so much uh, yeah, for that. for being it. here. Absolutely, man. First of all, how was your uh, Easter weekend? Uh, anything exciting, eventful for you? No, you know, we, we stopped doing, we used to do, I got two brothers. We used to do a Easter egg hunts, you know, <laughs> even, even into like high school, we do them. And we had some eventful years. Like there was, there's one year where I, I convinced my brothers that I had a hidden sash and I was like, I was like taunting them with it. You know, it's like they, they found as two, only a brother can do exactly. Like they found two eggs in, in like a, in like a cabinet or something. Like, why are there two eggs here? I'm like, Oh, you guys found part of my hidden stash. And they're like, oh, we're winning. It's like, no, man, I got a stash. <laughs> I got winning. the inside scoop with the yeah. Easter Bunny. It, it, it got so bad that I actually convinced them so much that when I actually straight up told them, like, guys, I don't have it. They didn't believe me. I, I sold <laughs> I sold it too well. But now we're, we're past those days. Now it's just kind of chilling, just kind of hanging around the house, you know, uh, awesome. watching. I guess the tournament was the day after. So, yeah, but, but uh, lamenting about my terrible 
bracket and other things among other oh things. yeah it was it was yeah. a good weekend though my my father-in-law got me involved in the old bracket challenge with the family and one way or another um i was in a rush hopefully he doesn't listen to this because I, i've been convincing him that i know what i'm talking about but uh basically as i was filling out my bracket it essentially i was kind of um I was walking into something and I just started clicking on random teams. And one way or another, I, uh, I, I had Baylor and uh, Gonzaga, I think in the, in the final one way or another, I think I finished second. Yeah. Which, which is pretty odd, but um, if he's not listening to it, that's the truth. If he is listening to it, what I just said was a lie. And I did a lot of research. <laughs> I'm very intelligent. Um, so, but I'm very glad, man, that your weekend was good. It was a good Easter for us. Uh, Easter is always just a great time. Warm weather around the, around the, uh, around the bend and yeah. uh, just, just a great time had by all, but uh but again, appreciate you being here, man. So we're, we're going to, you know, get into the draft and everything. I mean, you, you've had the opportunity to go down. I know we'll talk about it in a bit, uh, the senior bowl, um, you got to, to see some of these prospects, um, you know, face to face. I mean, um, it's an incredible opportunity. I know you're, you're going to give us some info on that. We'll, we'll get into kind of the individual, um, talents and some of, some of the guys that you have on your board. I know you recently came out with a three round mock, um, just recently, yeah. um, which is just awesome. We're going to dive right into that. Um, first I'd love to just kind of take a trip around the league. Um, love to chit chat about a couple things. Um, you know, um, just kind of going around some of the biggest news in, in the last few weeks. Uh, we haven't caught up, uh, over the phone or any of that. So yeah. I'd love to get your, your take on, on obviously one of the biggest moves was the, the trade, the kind of that three-way trade, the 49ers, you know, Eagles, Dolphins involved, um, in your mind, give me some kind of winners. Give me some losers. If you have any, do you think, you know, walk me through kind of in your mind, uh, who kind of won or lost that trade? Yeah. So I got a clear winner, a clear loser and a TBD option. Uh, I think yeah. the winner was the Dolphins. I mean, you, you trade down, you trade back up to six, of course, but they traded to 12 first. And then, um, and then they traded back up, they get some picks. And I think they're in a better position to draft a player who would be a better value there. Like it, I love Kyle Pitts. Even I would be a little apprehensive picking him at number three overall, you know, it's just a little too high. If you can trade right. down just a little bit, get some picks and get him, like that's a best case scenario, or get Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith. And now the Dolphins are in a position where they had they started to accumulate capital, you know, so that helps them build the team and they can still get their pick at the litter potentially with the top pass catcher because it might be four quarterbacks in Panay Sewell in the top five or four quarterbacks in Jamar Chase, which you still get to pick between Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Kyle Pitts. So the, right. the Dolphins, I thought they were the winners because, you know, they, they maximized their output and they're still in a position to pick who they want. You know, they didn't, they didn't bring themselves out of position. They're, they're still in a great position and they uh, started amassing capital, which you really like to see. I yeah. think the loser is the Eagles for sure. And I'm sure Washington fans are going to be happy to hear that, but um, I'm thrilled. Yeah, exactly. I, I really don't know what they're doing because it seems like, you know, if they were really set on replacing Jalen Hurts, they would have stayed where they were. You know, they would have tried to go yeah. for a quarterback because if there's a class to go for a quarterback and you're situated to draft a quarterback, it's this one, you know, because you got right. four guys who I really like, you know, Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, and Lance, not in that order. I, I have Fields at QB two, but. Um, and then Mac Jones too, he gets hated on, you know, cause he's not the mobile guy, but he's a good QB too. Uh, so right. really there's five quarterbacks. who are going to go round one and the Eagles just traded out of contention for all of them. So they're sticking with Hertz who I was not too inspired by last year. You know, they get picks yeah. for, but I really, 
there's a lack of direction there. And I'm, I'm really curious, but also a little scared to see what happens there. Scared for them, you know, because I'm not sure what they're building towards or if this is just going to kind of pin them back and uh, put them in purgatory for like a couple of years before they can finally reset. You know, I, I don't think this is really serving a purpose for a long-term goal. So the Eagles, you know, you get picks, but there's no clarity there. And, and that's kind of what concerns me. You know, ultimately, I think if you can get your quarterback, you need to do that. And it, it seems like they're they're kind of just they're kind of just staying in neutral right now. So I, I didn't like that for them. The 49ers going up to three. That's the TVD. It really depends on who they pick. You know, like I, I, I don't hate Mac Jones, but if I'm picking at three and if I have a chance to get Justin Fields, I am taking that like a hundred ninety nine times out of 100. And the hundredth time I'm picking Trey Lance. So, right. You know, is ultimately you're investing in a quarterback and you want that investment to have the maximum potential yields possible. You know, like I don't want to draft Mac Jones at three and you know, he's good. I don't want to draft him at three, get to the playoffs eventually and figure out that he's not good enough to beat the more talented quarterback. You know, I want the guy who I I did this on a mock draft. I think when we were doing our 49ers mock draft for a PFM, you know, I was kind of like, and this comes to my mind now is like you have to put yourself in a situation um, with like third and 12 defense sends the blitz running back misses the chip and the slot cornerback takes the drag route. So you don't have the check down option. Who do you trust to get out of that situation? Who do you trust to evade that pressure, extend the play and make and push the ball downfield? You know, I, I trust Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I don't trust Matt Jones to do that. So yeah. do you want your QB to do more. And I hope that the 49ers are thinking about that in their evaluations and saying, you know, Justin Fields, he can run, he can throw farther, he can put more zip on it, he can adjust his arm angles, you know, Mac Jones can't do all those things. So I'm hoping they, they see that and they see the potential, the potential returns that they can get from the more talented guys. If they pick Mac Jones, don't get me wrong, I think they can make it work, but if they don't, they're going to regret passing over fields and Lance. Uh, so it's going to, they got to make the right choice, but ultimately they need a QB. They need to reset there because the roster is not bad. Um, so if they can reset there and get back in contention and get a talented QB, you open up another four year Super Bowl window. Uh, that, that's a, that's a home run for them, you know, being aggressive uh, when you're trying to achieve success, you know, you always want to be aggressive, but you just got to make the right decision. So that's, that one's kind of pending. If they pick fields or Lance, they should be able to, uh, to make it work i think yeah no I, I i totally agree with that and i i think with all these trades i mean what, what i had said specifically and i agree I, I thought the eagles were, were on the losing end of that as well because i i do feel like it's kind of a rudderless ship up in philly um i i don't know if they know it or not maybe they're admitting it i don't know but i think that they are in for a mini rebuild um i i, I don't i'm right with you i don't think jalen hurts is going to be the answer for them long term by any stretch i just didn't see enough last year um, and I, I, I do agree. I think for a, a team that has no weapons offensively, um, you know, Miles Sanders is, is a player, but you know, if, if he can stay healthy, I mean, they have no weapons offensively. You essentially, if you even decide not to go quarterback there, you've taken yourself out of contention for a legitimate, like, you know, like a Kyle yeah. Pitts or somebody like that, if you were to fall. So no, I, I completely agree with that. And, um, you know, I, I think with all these teams, I think the difference between there's an intent and then there's, um, there's like a strategy and there's an execution side of things. Right. So you can, you can always strategize, say, Hey, you know, the Eagles are moving back they're getting future picks. Um, but the execution of that is, is always, um, you know, where, where um, trades are, are won and lost. So 
I do agree with you. Do you agree with me there that I, I do think that the 49ers absolutely have a guy in mind? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would I would think if they are trading to three, then they do. You know, we we're not privy to that discussion. And they've obviously spent a lot more time, you know, like like we have to right. as draft analysts, we have to cover a lot of bases and we have to cover the entire draft board. But teams, there are some players they don't even have on their board. And yeah. in the 49ers case, you know, their pool at number three, like they decided they were going to three before the trade was official. And their pool at three was already very small. So I, I don't think I it seems reasonable that they would already have their guy. It's just us doing so much consternation as to who it is that sure. draws it out. But, you know, they might already be sold on Mac Jones. You know, and for some reason, people are saying it's going to be Mac Jones, which. Kind yeah, of I, yeah, I don't know where they're getting that. I mean, do I mean, you yeah. have any sort of info on that that you feel like would lead to that? I have no I mean, I thought it was honestly, you know, I kind of thought it was a joke. And then when it <laughs> like really started gaining steam, I was like, hold on a minute. Is there something I don't understand? Is, is, like. Is my head that deep in the sand? I'm I'm missing something. I don't know, man. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm not an insider, so I, I wouldn't know. But I think Kyle Shanahan. I think one of the reasons I I, I don't quote me on this because I don't remember the full quote, but he said something about you know not wanting to tip their intentions, which is why they didn't send people to a certain pro day because it was before the trade to number three. Right. So that you know, hearing him say he doesn't want to tip his intentions. To me, that sounds like a guy who would want to keep a tight ship on who they're, you know, planning to get. Of course, it doesn't matter now because they're already there. They can already right. get him. So, uh, on one, on that hand, it, it doesn't really matter. But I don't know, man. I think part of me thinks it's just people saying it just to get a little reaction. Yeah, you know? but I, a lot I, I of that know. this time of year. In my opinion, if you're an NFL team and your success is dependent on making the right choice, you shouldn't rush in. You shouldn't rush that choice. Hundred percent. You shouldn't act like you've made it already. Like, okay, yeah, you know, we got a few weeks till the draft, but we're good. We can coast. Always keep striving to get more information and compile more information and decode it and figure out, hey, you know, I know we're leaning this way, but let's address the counter arguments. Let's see what we can do. So I'd hope they're right. doing that. You know, if you're an NFL organization, you should probably cover all your bases. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. Because the whispers say Mac Jones. Some people are saying, you know, schematically, Trey Lance is a really good fit, which he is. And then if you're just going for all-out talent, you know, like the best guy available is Justin Fields. So, I don't know. I can see reasons for all of them. I'm just – I'm just, I'm kind of hanging on with the rest of them, just trying to figure out what's, what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, and I mean, like in terms of importance, like there's not a bigger position, I think, in team sports than the QB. So, obviously, when it comes yeah. to the draft, it's just – it's endless – it's QB talk. It's, it's, endless. I mean, it's, it, I mean, that that's always the hottest commodity. Um, and I know when I was reading through your, your uh, latest mock draft, you have Lawrence going one, you got Zach Wilson going two, and then you got Justin Fields going three. Um, do you feel like, I mean, and I know we, we kind of touched on already. Do you feel like those are the three kind of, I mean, obviously Lawrence, um, you know, unless something ridiculous happens, he's one. Yeah. Um, do you think it's Zach Wilson and Justin Fields? Do you think it's those three in some certain order? Do you think those are going to be the first three picks? Or do you, like we said, do you, do you feel like Mac Jones goes up there? Do you feel like uh, Trey Lance hopscotches uh, Justin Fields? Like, where Do you feel like those are the top three? I think those are definitely the top two. You know, Trey, or Trevor sure. Lawrence has been the number one pick since you know even before last year yeah, his freshman year yeah exactly right like people penciled him in then and he's not a flawless prospect either but you know the, the combination of athleticism arm talent you know he's definitely a very good leader really level-headed 
you know, uh, in face of adversity, which I think teams will like. You know, he's a guy that you can trust to, to lead your team. So I, I don't think there's any questions there. And then Zach Wilson, uh, Tony Pauline, he's one of our insiders at PFN. He's a he's a machine. I got to work. I got to see him work in, at the Senior Bowl, and he's just he, he he's such a hard worker and puts a lot of effort in. And he he always he's always in the know. And he, and he said he's saying that it's probably Wilson to go with the Jets. So which makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, the Jets have sent they sent guys to his pro day, and apparently they really like him. So and Wilson's been a big riser. So you know like, like Justin Fields. As much as I hate how much people have gravitated toward the negative, the negative games, you know, there there are some concerns there at Northwestern and Indiana that you have to take into account. Uh, Zach Wilson, meanwhile, his trend was kind of more, was kind of more um constant upward, uh, in twenty twenty. You know, Justin Fields had the uh, a couple hiccups, but then he ended on a high note. You know, carrying the team to a win against Clemson. But Zach Wilson was just immaculate all year. Uh, so really, I think that that stronger final impression and and the jets have done their homework too uh, so they probably know that mentally he's the guy they want you know we're not privy to that information but it seems like it's leaning wilson for the jets and then the 49ers i mean we just talked about it i i personally i don't know this was more what i would do you know i would i would go with justin fields just because you want your quarterback to be able to do more you know it's really there's a lot more nuance and a lot more detail that goes into that conclusion, but it's really a simple conclusion. You know, you, you want your quarterback to be able to make the throws and the plays that others can't. And, and Justin Fields, to me, is that guy uh, compared to Mac Jones, compared to Trey Lance, who, while he has the physical talent, might have a little bit longer acclimation period, you know, coming from the FCS. So that was more my preference call, but I do think it's trending Lawrence Wilson with the top two picks, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Um, that, I mean, that's where my gut has always been. I just, I never thought, I mean, up to this week, the conversation has always changed, but I mean, I didn't think that Mac Jones would ever jump up to that spot. I, I didn't think that that was really within play. And and yeah, I mean, like you said, um, you know, Trey Lance can always jump up there. I mean, there's, there's ups and downs for both of them. Um, I know recent kind of the, the, the latest news, kind of the, the, the last biggest move that's happened is Sam Darnold's move out of New York and he's headed down to Carolina um for the panthers in a trade do you think um first of all grade the move um tell me what you think about it and second of all do you think that takes carolina out of contention for taking a quarterback at eight if a mac jones falls to eight yeah so personally i think um you know i I don't know i was on the fence about the move because with darnold you know that the whole the whole deal was his value is decreasing we, we saw the reports that his value, like initially the Jets wanted a first rounder for him. Then they were like, oh, now it's a second rounder. And now it's a, now it's a third rounder. Like it's going down. And, you know, as the 49ers trade up to three, that's, there's another su- potential suitor gone. So, you know, they were kind of dropping out and, and it ended up being the Jets receiving a sixth rounder in 2021 and a second rounder and a fourth rounder in 2022. I personally like I, I like it for the Panthers because there's not that immediate hit in terms of draft capital. You kind of put it off and you know, losing a second and fourth in one year is not great, you know, and, and Darnold was not great last year. But I do think and I, I do think they're sticking with Darnold. I think it I think it takes them out of QB because they exercise his fifth year option. You know, if, if they hadn't mm-hmm. done that, then I'm thinking, well, maybe it's a one year tryout, but they exercise his fifth year option. So clearly that kind of indicates that 
this is a two-year tryout for him. They're going to give him time. They're going to let him establish a rapport with his receivers, let him get comfortable in his new situation. And personally, I think this is a definitely an upward move situationally for Darnold. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't shovel all the blame away from him, you know, for, for not living up to the expectations in New York because he was very inconsistent, you know. But at the same time, his development was severely stunted with Adam oh, yeah. Really bad supporting cast early on, and they didn't even fix that through three years. They just now started to fix that with Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. So, you right. know, he never really had a ton of weapons. He never really had great protection, and his coaching was awful. Uh, so that, that, that really set him back. Um, and I think if you're going to go to a situation to try and re, re, reprise your career, you know, I think Carolina is a good one. Uh, they got Matt Rule, who's I think is a very good up and coming coach. Joe Brady, uh, the LSU, he was the former LSU offensive coordinator for for Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, put up those massive numbers, and he's done a lot of good things for that offense. You know, they got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, and they they uh, I think the offensive line is decent. I think they got Taylor Matan back, so. There's a lot to look forward to. I think it's definitely a better situation than the Jets. And I think Darnold, I think a change of scenery was going to be really good for him. The price was a little high, you know, looking at losing a second rounder and a fourth rounder next year. And that, that's not going to sting until next year when they're looking at the draft. Right. And they don't have those. But if Darnold works out, if he responds positively to the scenery change, then it'll be worth it because you potentially have your QB of the future. So I, I liked Darnold coming out as a prospect. I, you know, he's super talented. Um, but his experience in New York kind of broke him. So you got to fix him up again and see if it can work. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I mean, talk about being dealt a, a garbage hand. And for sure, like yeah. you said, you can't take all the blame off of him. But I mean, I think I think the Adam Gase experience went off the rails on his introductory press conference. I mean, anybody who makes the faces that Adam Gase is making, <laughs> yeah. you should just immediately stop the press conference and be like, you know what? We're just not going to go forward with this. You're going to leave <laughs> and we're going to do this again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a disaster. So, like, what no, was I, he looking at? I don't even know. <laughs> his eyes were super wide and everything like that. That right there, that was kind of a, that was a, you know, you never want to overreact to little details like that, but it was kind of a bad omen. You know, looking back, I mean, it like, takes it takes a lot to make New York beat reporters uncomfortable, and they were all just like, "Dude, get me out of here! I don't know what's going on." <laughs> like, what just, is going on? Yeah, exactly. What in the world is going on? So, no, I I completely agree. And just to kind of wrap uh, up the quarterback conversation, because I'm I'm interested in what you were just saying there, because I do think that now that Carolina kind of have patched that hole, at least for now, with Donald you wonder where Mac Jones fits if it does end up going, um, you know, if, if you do end up going Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, um, you know, and then Trey Lance, does, you know, do you see Mac? I mean, how far do you think Mac Jones falls if say Carolina pass on him? Um, Detroit, you know, they're not drafting him. Miami, they're not drafting him. Cincinnati's got to go Penny Sewell. So you wonder, does he fall much further than eight if he does? Like, where would you see him going? Yeah, so, yeah, I know. Perfect timing, right? Release the mock, and then, like, a day later, <laughs> Sam Darnold goes to the Panthers. So my Jones Yeah, the, the offseason Panthers, experience. But, yeah, yeah, that, didn't, that one didn't age well. But um, <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think – if he makes it out of the top ten, it's not going to be very far. That's just the – the whole discussion with QBs. I mean, right. the, the value is inflated. If you can get a potential starting QB, you're going to. And Mac Jones appears to be 
you know, uh, viewed positively across the league, uh, more positively than, than draft Twitter, you know? So I think, sure. I think, um, yeah, I don't, I think there'll be some trade offers to go back up. I'm not sure about Washington entering that discussion. Um, I think maybe Denver could be one. It, it yeah. depends on how they think about Drew Locke. Because I liked Drew Locke coming out too, but that was a few years ago. I wasn't as good of an evaluator then. Uh, so I'm willing to I'm willing to admit there were some things I didn't take into account. Um, but Drew Locke definitely seems like an experiment that's kind of in limbo right now. The Patriots, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say the Patriots. I think they're going with Cam Newton this year. I think maybe I wouldn't completely rule out Detroit. Maybe if they like the quarterback who falls to them, maybe. But they did restructure. I think I think they restructured Golf's contract, so it's a little harder to get away from that. So they might just roll with Golf and go next year. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm not sure, man. I think the Broncos are the big one that I'm looking at potentially, um, but there's also some other ones. And here's a really interesting one: like, what if he drops to the Eagles? You know, yeah, they, they already yeah. traded back. Do they pick him anyway? Because they didn't expect the QB to be there, or are they going to yeah. roll with Hurts? I don't know. It's a really interesting situation. Mm-hmm. And then there's other teams too, the Bears maybe, although they've said that Andy Dalton's going to be their starter. So that's a that's that, I guess. But um, <laughs> rip. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. Whoever does it, whoever does it, whoever wants Mac Jones, uh, they're gonna make sure that you know they're gonna move up to get him. They're gonna be aggressive to get him. At yeah. some point, there's gonna be clashing demand, and that demand is gonna drive the price up and it's gonna drive teams to act and try and get that conversion. So I think if he makes it out of the top 10, it won't be very far. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with that. Um, I can't see a possible way he you know falls past twelve, because um, at that point it's just I think it's a free for all. You know, yeah, um, best man available, go get him. And, um, and there's so. there's some incentive for the Eagles maybe to or any team uh, or a couple teams there like to trade back potentially again because right. the Eagles already traded back. If they don't like the board, I, I don't imagine they wouldn't like the board. There's going to be a lot of good players there. But, you know, if they wanted to, they could trade back again. The Giants could potentially trade back again, you know, because edge, the edge class, there's a lot of potential edge rushers that'll be around like 20 to 25, 20 to 30. The Giants who really need an edge, they could trade back, get that, and then someone else trades up to 11 for Jones. So there's a lot of different scenarios, you know, and that's the whole deal with the offseason is trying to get through all of them and talk about all of them. It's impossible. It is completely impossible. It's endless, but – yeah, there's a lot of different scenarios, and ultimately, it's just simple economics, supply and demand. When he's yep. the last quarterback left, teams are going to want to get him if he falls far enough. Right. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. Um, no, I think that's great. I think that's great stuff. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, the quarterback conversation is always interesting every year. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be excited to see how that plays out. Um, you wrote something that I, I couldn't agree more with. Uh, it's in regards to the running back position. Yeah. Um, I've been saying this for, for a couple of years now, but um, you know, the draft this year has, has a, a number of, you know, good running backs. I mean, none other than Najee Harris, you know, from Alabama. Um, but you said that the days of running backs going kind of early in the top 10 are, are probably behind us. Um, and it, it's really, I mean, you see this in the, the smaller contracts that running backs are getting. Um, I'd be curious just, you know, where you have, um, Najee Harris going. Um, he's, he's, uh, obviously the best running back in this draft. Um, but with that kind of in mind with the running back position, kind of devalued just in terms of longevity, um, where do you see Najee Harris going and kind of what 
dark horse running backs do you have in this draft that would be kind of good value, uh, maybe a day two or day three? Yeah, so I had him go to the Cardinals in my three-round mock. That's a little high, though. I think that's the highest you'll see him. He's a top 10 player on my board overall, but my board doesn't really, you know, unless it's for, for, for a talented player like him, I, I don't take in positional value, you know, for other guys I do, uh, cause they don't have that, you know, game changing ability. I think Harris does. I think, you know, he's a super solid back, um, super explosive, you know, really good vision, but then he's also an elite receiving threat out of the backfield. Like the whole running backs don't matter thing is contingent on, you know, the running game, the way it is, it's driven by the offensive line. So you put a running back behind the offensive line. If they're clearing lanes, the running back should be able to get something out of it. But if you have a running back who's also an elite receiver, that adds a new dimension to their game and it makes them even more valuable. That's the case with Harris. So I really like Harris as a player, but again, the positional value drives him down. So I think the Cardinals, that's, that's where I had him going. That, I think that's the, the ceiling for him. I think that's the ceiling for him. Um, in terms of where he goes later on in the draft, I think the Steelers are a potential option in round one if they like him enough. You know, they could they could get him and have him be that workhorse. And that's a good fit. I, I like that because he's a hard-nosed guy. You know, but he's also versatile, can fill in a multitude of roles. Um, you know, I think – and then the Buccaneers, if he drops down to 32, that would be an excellent pick at the tail end of round one, the Buccaneers, because they could just take their pick. And that was, I think, the one thing Tampa Bay needs. Like, they, the roster has almost no needs, but one thing they do need is a running back who can catch. Leonard Fournette. Can't really do that. And Ronald Jones yeah. kind of disappointed there. So that would be a good fit for him. Uh, but there's also the chance he goes outside around one. I don't think it happens. I think he's too mm. talented. And eventually someone's going to pony up and say, hey, I know running backs don't matter, but this guy's good. You know, so I got to get him. So we'll see what happens. I think, yeah, the Cardinals are definitely the ceiling for him. And, and if you're looking for someone other than Harris, I do think, this isn't a really deep running back class, but there are a few good options. I really like, and I know Washington's not thinking about a running back and, you know, they shouldn't be thinking about round a running back anywhere before round six or seven, right. but, um, you know, for the purposes of the entire NFL, if we're talking about that, Javante Williams, North Carolina is a guy I really like in rounds two and three, you know, maybe to a team like Miami or Atlanta. Uh, he's a, he's a bruiser. But he's also decently athletic, too. He's got good agility. And, you know, you, you'll see highlights of him just carrying guys on his back, trucking guys. He's got really good contact balance, which is one of the most important traits for a running back, being able to navigate through congestion and stay on your feet and extend runs. He can definitely do that. And then his, uh, his counterpart at North Carolina, Michael Carter, he's kind, of the, he's kind of the lightning to his thunder. You know, he's, he's a little smoother, a little quicker. Um, but he's just a really another really agile back who, who swims through congestion well. Uh, so, so he's a good one. Kenneth Gainwell, a really versatile guy, kind of like a, uh, I think an Antonio Gibson light. You know, he's that he's smaller, but he has that same versatility that Antonio Gibson had. Uh, Trey Sermon is a guy that some of my some of my uh, good friends like, and uh, for good reason. I, I I wasn't super high on him, but I I've made a point. I got to go back and watch the tape on him because. He is. He does have good size, um, and he and he shows some good burst too. And another guy who who has that same traits kind of makeup is Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma. He was playing at six foot. 
over 240 pounds in college. So that, that sounds mm-hmm. like your stereotypical power back, you know, but you look at the tape, he's got some really good explosiveness and really good contact balance too. Like guys just bounce off of him and he can move a little bit. So some traits that you would suggest that he's a little more than a power back. And he, he also showed flashes as a, as a receiver. So if you're looking for value guys, I think Trey Sermon, Ramon J. Stevenson, another guy uh, that, that some of the local listeners might know, Khalil Herbert from uh, Virginia Tech. He's mm-hmm. another guy. He transferred in and, and played really well in his loan season. Uh, Elijah Mitchell from Louisiana Lafayette tested really well at his pro day. He's one of those kind of all-around backs, you know, if you want a guy who's versatile. He's another guy, and he's a guy who might be available in, like, round five or six. So that's a really good value mm-hmm. deal. And then, um, yeah, beyond that, um, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at the draft board right now. Chris Evans from Michigan is another one. Didn't really get utilized well, uh, but he's back in, like, 2017 and 2016. He was really producing at a high clip. I think he had seven yards per carry in 2016. And he's a guy where I was writing up a mock where I picked him. I think it was for the Browns earlier today. Um, but he's like 5'11", or 5'10", 2'11", 4'5", 1'40", 41.5-inch vertical. So, again, that explosiveness, mm-hmm. that density is there. A lot of guys with the raw traits later on. And if you're, if you're looking for a running back, you know, again, their success is heavily contingent on their offensive line. So if you have a good offensive line, you put an explosive guy like Chris Evans back there, get Evans with a sixth or seventh-round pick, it could be tremendous value for you. So you're always looking for those guys with the raw traits. And, and letting them convert on that vision obviously matters a lot. You know, you don't want them using their explosiveness just to run right into the back of the lineman, but um, right. it's a good start to have that explosiveness to get through those lanes. And so guys like uh, guys like Chris Evans and uh, Iowa state, Kenne Nwangwu is another one. There, there's a lot of guys. It, it's a, it's not a super deep class, but there are some sleepers to be aware of for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. Um, and I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And I do think that um, really comes down to, to, to fit too with teams. Right. And I think the running back yeah. position is more than ever before it's been, look, you can put an incredible running back behind a bad offensive line and he won't be good. I mean, it's yeah. just unfortunate, but I mean, a perfect example of like Dallas has done nothing but take Darren McFadden's and DeMarco Murray's and Tony Pollard's and just make them look incredible behind a great offensive line. And, I mean, it's true. And I, and I do think that the, you know, like you said, the age of taking guys in the top 10, the Saquons, you know, at two or these, these, um, you know, the Darren McFadden's early as well. Um, I, I it look last year is a perfect, I mean, Josh Jacobs, um, you know, at 24th, I believe he's picked 24th and Clyde Edwards Lair was the last pick of last year's draft. I mean, those guys yeah. are incredibly productive guys. And I mean, um, you know, there's no need to overreach. Um, so no, I, I, I completely agree. And I, I know, you got some great insight on that too. And I, I love uh, reading what you were writing up about uh, some of these profiles. Again, check it out. I mean, go pro football network. Um, Ian Cummings has all these profiles on these guys. It's just so, so interesting, really in-depth stuff. Yeah. Um, there's also other, you know, Ali does some great stuff. He's been, he's been catching up yeah. to me. I gotta, I gotta start writing some more because he's catching up <laughs> to me. Uh, Dalton, AJ, you know, Nick, Matt Valdo. He used to be at Rigos too. Just a really awesome team. Yeah. Matt there. Valdo's over there. He's killing yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's so, killing it. Yeah, just a really a really good pool of of, uh, of writing talent. I'm just happy to kind of be a part of it, get to share my insight. But yeah, there's a ton of talented prospects, and you know, you, you look at all of them, you delve into the tape. It, it's it's fun. It's fun. And, but yeah, the the main conclusion you come away from at running back is, and what I came away from is, 
unless if you're going to go in round one, if you're going to go higher than the standard, you know, because the standard now is, you know, late first round, early second round, because that's just how the position is valued. But if you if you want to go earlier than that, you have to bring something else to the table besides your running ability. Uh, I think right. Najee Harris does. Beyond that, you can't say that anyone else in the class definitively does that. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, I mean, I'm actually going to be really excited to see kind of where he goes. And I, I do think that wherever I think Tampa would be a perfect fit. I think, yeah. you know, the Steelers would be a great fit. But gosh, I mean, if if Tampa were able to land, you know, a guy like him, my goodness. I mean, there's yeah. no reason Tom Brady shouldn't be throwing Lombardi trophies from boat to boat this time next year. Yeah, him, um, them getting Najee is like Thanos getting the last, uh, the last uh, Infinity Gem. The last little gem. I, I think everybody should just take yeah. their basketball and go home at that point. <laughs> I think everyone should just quit. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but yeah, um, it's over. Just oh, it's completely yeah. over, man. It's completely over. But uh, I got a couple quick questions here for you to kind of go through these. Um, I, I was asked, I was talking to Sean before this. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm curious as to what you think of this. This has been bad around a lot on Twitter. You, I mean, a lot of people have been talking about it. Uh, do you think this draft class receiver wise is better than last year's? Huh? You know, I don't know. I, I would lean yes, but I think that's just because of the, uh, you know, the recency bias. Oh yeah. You know, you don't like we we've been, we've been spending this entire season analyzing these guys, you know, and, and kind of learning about their strengths. And like, I could, I could sit here and talk to you and gush about like, all the, you know, like Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, Kadarius Tony. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm thinking about them. They're kind of in the back of my mind. Where, whereas the guys who were drafted last year, you know, we've kind of put them off to the side. So, right. you know, I, I would love to compare it one-to-one. I think I can't say it's definitively better, you know, because we haven't seen these guys yet. But, but this class is very good. And I think, you know, looking at the – options on day one and two like again we can talk about easily the the first rounders jamar chase jalen waddle Devonte smith for shot i think this top trio is considerably better than last year's you know like i mm. can i can you know and i like the last year's but i think jalen waddle is so dynamic and and you know he can be a deep threat he can take short passes to the house he can create space with a ton you know like He's one of the most explosive players I've ever watched. You know, having that creation capacity is so important. And then Jamar Chase. I mean, we saw how this guy tested 4.38, I think 41-inch vertical at, at 200 pounds, at, at six foot 200 pounds. So he's big, dense, but also super explosive too. And if you look at his play style, he's not super jittery. What he does is he just, he just dominates, you know. That's his play style, just dominating guys at the yeah. point like super really, really good at contorting uh, and, and, and hauling in contested touch catches and having that body control in midair to, to, to get those. And then Devontae Smith. I mean, the weight is a concern for some people, but yeah. that's really the only bad thing you can say about him. I mean, super crisp route runner. He's got the toughness at the catch point too. You know, he's very meticulous, very detailed. He, he, he strikes me as a guy who could, you know, play in the league for like 10, 12 years and just kind of, just kind of do his thing. You know, no one yeah, really bats absolutely. an eye because he's been doing it for so long. And then Rashad Bateman, you know, he's another guy, he gets buried, um, but, and he measured in a little smaller than expected as pro day, but uh, he's another guy, super athletic, um, really detailed as well, really nuanced. And then he's got that, he's just another well-rounded receiver. And then you go into the second round range, you got Terrace Marshall, really good size speed threat. 
uh, who has a lot of potential. Kadarius Tony, super elusive. You know, you can look at his highlight reels at Florida. I would I would encourage you to look at the tape. You know, that's what we do. We look at the full tape. But if you want to get a good glimpse of his upside, just fire up a highlight reel and you'll see it. You know, he bounces off of guys. He can stop and start on a dime. He's really talented. And then Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. I could just go down the line with these guys. Elijah Moore is another one where uh, he's a slot guy, but he's super, again, he's super tough. You know, he can get open. He can separate. Oh, man, I could, yeah, dude, I know. I, I feel myself kind of getting carried away here because you can go down <laughs> the line. I mean, Diami Brown, Amon Ross St. Amon Ross St. Brown, Amari Rogers, Nico Collins, Dwayne Eskridge, Tylen Wallace. Um, and then even getting into the depth portion of the draft, guys like Austin Watkins of UAB. He's one of my favorite players in the draft. He's projected mm-hmm. as a day three guy, but he's just a super complete receiver uh, with the, you know, he, he's, he's got some competitive fire, but he's also a good athlete, really good route runner. And then I know some guys like Cade Johnson, Damian, I know really likes Cade Johnson and Jalen Darden, Shai Smith, Josh Palmer. There was a guy, Sage Surratt, you know, I don't know if you remember him, but like, oh, from Wake last, Forest. Yeah. Last year we were talking about him being like a second round pick and now he's like late day three because there's just crazy, so, so many other guys who have, who have surpassed him. I, mean, that just, I believe he took, he took a gap year too, didn't he? After I believe he sat out last year, yeah. um, if yeah, I'm mistaken. So that I know that that was a lot of people were talking about that's going to hurt his, his draft capital. But to your point, that's exactly right. I mean, I mean, you're talking about a guy who at points people are going, is this guy a first rounder? Is this guy, I mean, uh, definitely a second rounder, but it's yeah. so funny. I mean, you don't see his name in receiver boards anymore just because of the depth. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane, man. And it just, it speaks to how much talent is being brought in on a yearly basis. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't looked at the trends. I haven't quantified it, but it definitely feels like there are more competent receivers coming to the league each year, you know, like the, oh, yeah. the position is kind of in a golden age. There's a lot of, a lot of depth there. Uh, and so it kind of, it takes a little bit of the pressure off. Like, you know, we would like to get one of these first round guys because they're most likely to succeed. But there will be options later on, guys who could potentially outperform their draft stock. And, and you know, I could have kept naming names. I could, I could have kept going. But oh, I, I just... mean, oh, and I mean, Ian, we, I mean, we cover one of them in DC. It's Terry McLaurin. I mean, exactly. that guy from yeah. Ohio State. I mean, you remember what we were talking? I mean, we were doing podcasts leading up to, you know, um, Terry McLaurin's rookie year, and what we were, t- I believe, I think one of my direct quotes was like, "He's going to be a great special teams impact." <laughs> I, I think that was a direct quote of mine. So it just shows you how, how much of a horse's ass I am. But it is also amazing. Like, it's so true. I mean, you see guys out outperform their their draft uh, position all the time. Michael Thomas is probably the most, you know, obviously one of the more popular ones in recent years. Um, yeah, I know. I believe he's a second rounder. But I mean, if we were to rerun that draft, I mean, guys, a top five pick. So I mean, yeah. um, but it's no, it's it's you know, it's a hundred percent correct, man. And, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm going to be interested. I mean, the reason I asked is just because I was going through, you know, I mean, you look at last year's, you know, receivers, I mean, gosh, Jerry, Judy, CD lamb, Henry Ruggs. I mean, I mean, you go on and on. I mean, these guys are just, just going to be playmakers for years to come. So it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, it's, it's, um, I'm excited. I mean, it just, it makes the league really exciting. And to your point with Devonte Smith, I think he probably falls into the category of Kyle Pitts in terms of the conversation with his weight. I mean, these guys, you've seen rookies come in, um, you know, light and put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle. Uh, Terry McLaurin did that. Uh, speaking of him, um, guys, guys, you know, adjust. Um, I mean, but if you're a technically skilled, balanced route runner, 
Um, once you have that technical skill down, I mean, it's the same thing in basketball. We say, if you know, look, if you're seven foot six, I, if you don't need to shoot, if you can technically just learn the game, you got the physical attributes, yeah. you'll be okay. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. so, um, and yeah. so many of these guys are just, and you're, you're so right. I mean, the draft produces year after year guys who just are technically so sound um, with the, I mean, it's just their hands, their balance, the, the route running is almost it's and it's funny because people who don't know the technicalities of it don't it's so difficult i mean it's so difficult to, i mean when you're going from 100 to zero and you're stopping on a dime and you're dropping your hips and you're just turning 90 degree angles it's so difficult yeah. um and these guys just just make it look easy as could be um so i thought yeah, you, i thought you notice it you notice it when they do it right and you definitely notice it when they do it wrong too because oh know, yes they, they round out their routes they can't get separation so it's yeah it's definitely a science and there's a lot of guys who, who you know, even if they don't do it consistently some show flashes like they have the capacity to do it and that's all you need to, to say hey i'm willing to invest in this guy uh, if the mentals check out if all that checks out so right. yeah, a, a lot of really top tier physical talents and it just it makes it all that more exciting when you can get these guys in your room and try and develop them up absolutely yeah it's gonna be exciting to see it just makes football that much more fun um so it's good it's gonna be great i know um i don't want to hold you too much longer but i did want to ask you about your time down uh, at the senior bowl i mean this is so cool i mean um you we were messaging on twitter while you were down there and, and uh, i mean talk to me about that experience and then um tell me a little bit about what what you saw um kind of what you learned give give us an inside scoop of what it's like to kind of be there um behind the fences seeing everything i mean especially in covid where it's hard for media to gain access to anything yeah. um you got a great opportunity to do that talk to us about that and give me some names that stood out to you like what was that like yeah, so it was awesome. I want to thank PFN for giving me the opportunity because I, I honestly didn't see it coming, you know, in October or whatever. I, I was just kind of doing my thing. And then they're like, hey, you want to go to the Senior Bowl? And I was like, are you kidding me? It's like, I'd never, I'd never awesome. been, I'd never been out of the state on my own. Like, I, I kind of like, I, I, we went on family trips, but I never really thought about doing it. You know, most of my friends hang around here. So it's just like, I don't really need to, you know, so this is my first time yeah. getting on the plane by myself and that the day that I left that started out really on a funny note too because like I go out there at like 6 a.m my flight's at 1 30 and I'm up at 6 a.m pitch dark I just want to get McDonald's or something I want to get breakfast sounds and, like me yeah exactly right <laughs> and then I, I get in my car and I turn the ignition and the car's not starting so oh you so, wish you oh my gosh yes yeah, so I, like, I was like are you kidding me are you kidding me I was like turning it I was turning it <laughs> And I, it just wasn't going. So I, I got out of the car. I'm like, I call my mom. I'm like, hey, so uh, don't freak out. But my car is not starting. And I was like, and she was like talking to me. It's like, what are you going to do? I'm, I'll probably just take the bus. I didn't know how to take the bus to the airport. I only take the bus to college campus, you know, uh, downtown campus. So I had to get directions from the bus driver. But he was, he was super cool about it. I, I got there. Eventually, I got there. And, um, yeah, went on the plane. And I hadn't, I hadn't flown in, like, years like like 15 years so that was, wow. that was another rediscovery but enough of that <laughs> we'll get to the senior bowl um yeah it was an awesome experience uh getting to get into you know you, you sat on the one one side of the of the practice field just on the bleachers the bleachers are open you can sit and you know i got my notepad and i'm just kind of writing notes and my job was to look at the offensive line uh the linebackers and the defensive line and it was fun because uh, the offensive line and the defensive line, they get together for one-on-ones. 
you know, and th those drills are kind of a little geared towards success for the defensive lineman because usually an offensive line, like you'll have help coming to you. Uh, you know, if you're like, let's say your tackle, the guard can come help you, or if you're center, the guard can come in and help you. So, uh, right. It, it, it's the one-on-ones are more geared toward toward defensive linemen, but you get a really up close look at you know how explosive they are, how they use their hands oh, to yeah. combat those punches. Um, so that was really cool. And uh, the linebackers too, linebacker drills, covering tight ends, and then getting together for seven on seven, and you know all playing together as a unit and meshing together. It was cool to see the guys kind of develop a camaraderie and a chemistry as the week went on, and you could kind of tell uh, that that was happening. So in terms of guys that stood out to me. Um, I think on the offensive line, I think um, a few guys were, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to go through my notes in my head, but um, Oklahoma tackle Adrian Ely was good. And I know he didn't, he didn't test as well athletically as I expected, but he was moving really well for his size. I would, as a developmental tackle, you know, in the mold of, of uh, Cornelius Lucas, I would definitely consider him in like early day three. Um, Nebraska's mm. Brendan James was another one. Uh, kind of a guy we – I think the reason he stood out is because we didn't expect him to. He was kind of a, you know, not many people knew him, but he had a really solid week and he could be a very good depth player as well. Um, another, a popular one uh, was Quinn Miners, Wisconsin Whitewater. Um, he's got like a mullet and everything and he, he's coming from the D3 and he's out here dominating at center, you know, uh, interior lineman, super powerful, super stout. It, it, the funny thing with, um, with the uh, linemen, and this is something that, you know, it was in the back of my mind, but I didn't really realize it until I got to see, see these guys in person. You know, people gravitate toward height. Like, six, oh, this guy's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, you know. But, and there's a reason for that because height corresponds with length more often and length helps you, you know, establish anchors. Leverage, yep. Yeah, before he gets them on you. But if you're, if you're, if you're taller, you don't always, you're not always able to play with good leverage because leverage is, you know, low man wins. So if you're, if you're six, one with like 32 inch arms, that's the ideal situation because you're already low and you have the length to, to get that leverage. So um, in, in that mold, guys like Osa Odigizua, uh, Levi and Luzurike were really good. Taquan Graham. Oh man. He's like, He's 6'3", 290, has like an 85-inch. He's a guy that I would really like Washington to take a look at, like in round um, five or six. I can't remember which one they don't have. It's one of those two. But hmm. I think I think um, he would be a good one, really good developmental guy, good explosiveness, good length. And another guy who really dominated was Cam Sample out of Tulane. I remember I was tweeting down the board um, on day three because he was just he was dominating every single rep. I mean, he brought insane motor, insane aggressiveness, uh, really fast, violent hands, and he's got good explosiveness too. He's built kind of like a tweener. I think he's like 6'3", 270-something. So he's kind of built like a tweener. Um, but a ton of upside uh, going to a hybrid front. Um, and then uh, for the Washington fans, um, the linebacking core, I thought Baron Browning and Jabril Cox, two pretty athletic guys who are going to be there potentially on day two, round two. Um those are both guys I would consider around too, because uh, Jabril Cox is very instinctive and, and fluid in coverage. <clears throat> and uh, Baron Browning, I thought Browning was a little underutilized at Ohio State, and he does need to develop his instincts a little bit, but he's an insane athlete uh, for his size. He's like 6'3", 240, and um, he closes gaps very quickly. Uh, he can be an elite pass rushing threat as a blitzer, um, and then he's fluid in coverage too. Um, 
and he's got range. He's got sideline to sideline range. So a lot of potential there. And then other positions I didn't get to see quite as often. You know, I, I was looking mainly at offensive line, defensive line, and linebacker because <clears throat> I had to get, you know, practice reports done every day. But um, in terms of wide receivers, I know I thought Austin Watkins looked good. I was a little biased because he, he's one of my guys. You know, he's one of my guys that I'm really – I really liked his tape. So he was one of those guys where I'm looking at and I'm like, I hope he, he does well. And he did. Um, Josh Palmer made a few nice plays from Tennessee. Uh, tight end-wise, Noah Gray had a nice one-handed catch, but he didn't do very well in, in other drills. So a lot of it was like guys have their one moment and then they kind of – it's up and down from there. And, which is fine. You know, it's the senior bowl. You're not going to be comfortable right away. It's kind of a learning experience the entire time. So it was just cool to see guys doing that. And the quarterbacks were also interesting. I don't think any of them quite really like stood out. I thought Mac Jones stood out as much as you would expect him to. Uh, like he wasn't completely dominating, but it was clear that he was a tier above the other guys like Kellen Mond and Jamie Newman and Ian Book. Uh, so that was really interesting to see too. But yeah, it was, it was a fun week. It was a fun week. It's great, man got to see the guys in person and it, it really puts it in perspective you know how talented these guys are and, and and how much work they put in uh just for their week in week in the spotlight in the senior bowl and then it, it's more work more work until the pro day and then more work into the draft and then more work until you put it on the field it's just the grind never really stops it was just a cool glimpse inside that to kind of see how it all gets put together so it was a fun week aside from getting sunburn on my th- I, i'm gonna bring sunscreen next time if i go next year <laughs> For sure, because I was just sitting by by day three, I could already feel my 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 face was burning, and you know when it, when you can feel it when you're not even like back inside, you know it's bad. So you gotta. Oh yeah. I had to I had to shield it with my journal whenever I wasn't writing. I was just like, all right. But um, aside <laughs> from that, it was it was a it was a fun experience, and really appreciated getting to work alongside some talented people. And um, yeah, it was it was I didn't want it to be over when it was, man, but. I got the credentials yeah, as a souvenir now, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Did you, I mean, I'm telling you, I had the, me and me and Matt Hines uh, were down for the, for training camp. Remember we did it. Me and Matt did the podcast yeah. for training camp yeah. um, down in Richmond for, for the, the skins. And I would, the, I, I don't, I can't remember if the, um, it was a joint practice with the Jets. Maybe it was just their first day. I can't remember what it was. But I, we were down there. A, we got sunburned. Um, <laughs> we got our asses fried. So that yeah. happened for sure. I know exactly what you're talking about. I have not gone down to the training camp and not come back with like first degree burns <laughs> from just the old sun. Yeah. So I know exactly how that feels. Yeah. And second of all, it's so true. I mean, I mean, I, I was telling you, like, I'm not a short guy, right? Um, and when Morgan Moses and Brandon Sheriff were doing loose ball drills, when at the time Bill Callahan was the offensive court or the offensive lineman coach, um, he was doing loose ball drills with the offensive lineman for some reason. Uh-huh. And I mean, these guys were just bare. I mean, me and Matt are right on the rope. And I mean, they're running up towards us and you just, you've never wanted to grab a bunch of roses and just bury yourself there. And then you're <laughs> like, I'm just going to die here and I'll be okay. Yeah. But, um, it does, man, it does put into perspective, but you, I, I mean, Ian, you deserve it, man. You've worked so hard for, for a long time. And I, I'm so, I mean, that's only the start um, to, to all the, the great things you'll be, you'll be covering and, and doing in, in the years to come. But um, I'm, I'm so glad that was a great experience um, uh, for you. And it was great to watch you uh, watch you write about it and keep us up to date. And then, uh, you know, you were, you were coming out with stuff. And again, Pro Football Network's great. They always have fantastic content. And, and uh, Ian's right up there, um, up there with them, uh, helping make it happen. So, um, 
I'm not going to hold you much longer. I know, uh, I know you got things to do, but um, really, truly, Ian, I thank you for this. This is awesome. I mean, the insight is fantastic. I know, uh, I know you guys listening are going to just love, love listening to this, um, especially uh, as kind of the draft comes closer. These things are always fluid. They're they're easy. You know, they're they're always changing. But uh, Ian gives us great information. Um, so, um, Ian, I'm I'm really grateful, man. Um, thank you so much um for joining us i really do appreciate it a lot yeah and thanks for having me and I'm, i'll be sure to tune in next time man because you guys got a good setup here too and yeah I, I always like to think back to the glory days you know back when we were first starting out at rigos oh, yeah. and you know editing your pieces your pieces were always one of the better ones okay i gotta i gotta say you, <laughs> I, I gotta give you credit they were i didn't have to do much editing you know that uh, i i paid you in to say that just so everyone knows <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't go, don't go bragging or anything. Don't go bragging or anything. But yeah, yeah well, now that it's out, you can Venmo me back by fifty bucks. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, Rigo's Rag was where it all started for me, man. And um, you know, just kind of thinking on back, like back, like in freshman year of college, you know, just because I was a irrationally big fan of Kirk Cousins, that was how it started. <laughs> and then great. it turned, and then it turned into you know, um, building a team. And now we've got a bunch of really talented writers at Rigos and really engaged writers. And it's, it's a, it's an awesome experience to, to be able to kind of build something from the ground up and then kind of expand beyond your horizons, which we've both done you with the podcast and, you know, me with the draft work. So it's, um, it's always cool to, to see talented people, you know, expand their spheres as they should. So I'm, I'm really oh, happy. Awesome. I'm hoping we can help some of the guys at Rigos continue to do that because uh, the, the, the proactivity with which they've kind of approached writing especially this off season there's lots to write about it's been really an awesome thing to see and i gotta i gotta give a shout out to jake kamaker too while i'm on here i mean we've been the dynamic duo since two oh, he's a star yeah he's a star man he's he's one of the best guys i know uh, a lot of these guys are some of the best guys i know and um he's just you know we have kind of a rhythm now where it's like if one of us doesn't have a lead he's like i'm like you know i can get a lead up and he's like okay i can get a lead up you know we just kind of you have you have that synergy but um that that comes from years of knowing that if you can't do something if you for some reason can't write something if you're busy or, or held up he can he, he has your back he can take care of it for you and so having that relationship is um it's been very valuable to me and and jacob's yeah he's he's a great guy you know super accountable and just he deserves a, all the shout outs in the world oh man i'm telling you you guys are all awesome because that's i mean that's really where it started for me as well was was rigos it was you know yeah i i transferred to george mason i immediately reached out to you guys and said hey i, I want to try to get involved and you guys have you know helped me develop my writing but just more importantly it um it just helped us grow and the cool thing is 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 um i know people have these experiences of the work but i think the best part about it is that you know after we're done writing you develop friendships i mean you guys are just yeah. great friends to have and and you're you're great people to just just honestly I love doing podcasts with you guys. I, I could pull up a zoom camera and I could sit there and chat with you guys for six hours about anything. Um, you guys have always been great. So, um, it's, it's Ian, I believe it's Ian underscore Cummings underscore nine on Twitter. That's where we can find you. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to do straight Ian Cummings nine, but that was taken. So yeah, some to, other moron, I, some other less know, attractive right? Ian took it. Come on. Yeah, I know they didn't. They didn't know. They didn't know I was gunning for it. Like they should have known, man. But no, uh, yeah. yeah, I got the <laughs> underscore between between Ian and Cummings, and then Cummings and nine. No underscore on the end. It's just uh, yeah, straight through. But yeah, you can follow. I'll be. I, I usually I tweet random 
draft facts at random times in the day, just when I have time, I guess. There's no set schedule to it. And then uh, we, we've got live mock drafts at PFN uh, going each day, daily. Um, and uh, we, we released our Washington one a few days ago, I think. But it's just one scenario. Uh, so, awesome. I, And then I had them pick some other players in the three-rounders. So there, there's so many different scenarios to, to play around in. But that's what we're going to be doing as the draft gets closer. Just, we're going to keep going because you never really can stop. So, yeah, but that's where you can find my stuff. And PFN 365, of course, is Pro Football Network. And then Riggo's Rag, really talented writers there. Uh, just Riggo's Rag, pretty simple. So, yeah, that's where you can find all our content. Yeah, it's awesome stuff. Absolute must follow. So give, give him a follow. Um, give him a shout. Um, always always puts out great stuff. But, uh, Ian, again, man, thank you so, so much uh, for being here. Um, and as always, open invitation. Whenever you're feeling like it, you you are you are always welcome on the pod and we're just here um me and sean usually just run our mouths about nonsense so you're always welcome to to grab grab a drink and join us my friend hey man i feel like i feel like i could keep going for two hours right now honestly like uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with it i'm cool with it like i mean i i do have stuff to do but it's on my own schedule i can i can put it off until the last minute and then crank it out you know like we don't need you're, it <laughs> you're you're awesome brother well listen what i will do is we're going to get you back on the pod um but for now we're gonna roll always know again invites always here um but thank you again so so much we're gonna catch up with you closer to the draft and post draft i want to get your post draft analysis that sound good yes sir yeah i'll be available ian you are my man brother thank you so much as always that's ian underscore cummings underscore nine follow him you just enter ian cummings on twitter the most attractive guy that pops up there (laughs) that's him just follow him he's a star (laughs) <laughs> brother you're the best ian we will catch up soon alrighty. yes sir yes sir. thank you my friend we will be right back on after further review it's the after further review podcast with connor forrest welcome back thank you so much again to ian cummings um ian is awesome like i said we've worked together before um and he's just he's so much fun to chat with and just really knowledgeable. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that and got some stuff out of it. Um, cause I certainly do. And I love chat with Ian. He'll definitely be back in the near future. Um, and we'll work on getting some other great guests, but Ian is, uh, the perfect guy for the draft. Um, Shawnee, what'd you think of that? He was, he was great. Wasn't he? Yeah, that was really good. He is, uh, definitely a lot more knowledgeable than I am. And <laughs> probably most people are about the draft and about NFL. So I, uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a good interview. He was awesome. So again, thank you to Ian. Um, and just make sure you follow him. It's Ian underscore Cummings underscore nine on Twitter. Um, he's, he's putting out content, uh, along with the rest of the pro football network team. They're great. Um, so that was great. Uh, Shawnee, did we have anything else? I don't think so. Don't think so. No. Is that episode four in the books? That is it, man. Wow. How about that? We are rumbling. Um, well, that was great. Awesome moving the chain segment earlier. Interview was great. And um, again, thank you guys, all of you, um, all around the place. I mean, Sean, it's so fun to look at the map whenever we get these statistics back in and see the states. I mean, people from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. We get people from Maine. We have people from Washington State. Nevada. Nevada. I mean, it's awesome to see so many people out there who are listening and engaged um and just just having fun with it i I really do hope you guys enjoy it because um more than anything me and sean just love doing this um absolutely we love doing i mean we would do this you know for no one listening but you guys are the best part of the show really and truly um so we're very grateful again follow us on all the social media platforms um you'll be able to engage with us and again mailbag at connorforest.com is going to be the email you have any questions send them out to us 
and we will take care of you guys. But uh, for me, Connor, for Sean, Sean, it's always good to see you. I'm glad your Easter weekend was good. Um, we will be back here next week. We'll catch you up on everything else um, we need to know. And again, if we have any guests that come up, we'll let you guys know. Follow along on social media so you can see. But for now, uh, thank you all so much for tuning in again. As always, we will catch you all on the other side.